Wow, this is one of those heavy upload days. So, well, here's what I recommend. Um, if you're coming from the last podcast, this is going to make sense. If you, this is the first podcast you clicked on, click on it and then go back to my last podcast because it's ancillary, auxiliary, complementary to what I'm saying in this podcast. Um, and then what I decided to do is I'm going to play the clip. It's an entirety. And then you're going to um, hear the next part. So I'm going to play Dennis talking about, I'm pretty sure in the title, it's going to talk about abortions. Y'all, I'm going to give you trigger warning. It gets deep, 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 virtual purple couch deep. But um, I'm going to decide, I decided to go ahead and keep it and upload it. Um, and I want you to hear the contrast between Dennis Sperling's talking about what he calls deletions versus Kenny talking about it. And then I'm going to break that down in this podcast that you're about to hear. And then, like I said, I recommend if you haven't heard the last one, um, go back and listen to it because it's going to add so much more, so much more sazon, season, seasoning to what it is. This is some beautiful and. En- it's dark energy, but walk with me. It, it's, it's, uh, okay, so here we go. I'm going to play it. Um, it's, a, it's about maybe three minutes. No, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. It's about six minutes. So I'm going to play it. It's an entirety. And then what you're going to hear next is me break it down. Um, but I wanted you to hear everything in its entirety first. All right. So love y'all. I'll catch you on the flip side community they going through relationship issues True. they know they have communication issues True. betrayal been through all that the hypergamous nature of women they understand that gangster thug life they know that it can't be something there's nothing positive about the fact that we've had 20 plus million of uh, baby deletions Why y'all act like y'all care about babies? First off, let me say, there have been some abortions that have saved my life. Why y'all, why y'all, why, when y'all frame this abortion argument, how come y'all act as though a lot of women didn't get an abortion for the man? Yo, I ain't ready. I ain't ready for this. You know what I'm saying? Why y'all, why y'all front like that? Y'all talk a lot of shit about these women, right? For a woman to abort a child, right? Because of pressure for a, from a guy. Y'all don't know what it's like to have a life inside of y'all. Do y'all know what happens in that room? I talk a lot of shit, yo. I personally had women go to Planned Parenthood for me. That was for me. The same chicks y'all talking about. The same women that y'all dragging. I pers- per- personally have had situations where they went through something traumatizing. Not for them. For me. Hmm. But y'all frame the argument like a lot of women didn't go through with a pregnancy just because. 
They're just ruining black life. No. There's dudes giving them abortion money, Dennis. And y'all don't even know what to do with the babies that y'all have now. What would y'all do with 20 extra million? Remember, you're talking about the Pookies and Ray Rays. So if there were 20 extra, 20 million extra people, Dennis, where would they be? At the top of the pyramid or at the bottom of that pyramid? I'm a simp and I'm a pander because I can empathize with a woman. They are human, Dennis. Human, yo. We go to school with them. We ride the bus, Dennis. Dennis, I grew up in hip-hop culture. We listen to albums together. Y'all are about division. I'm not. Mm. I'm the homie. Black women are my friends. I don't need to pander them. Mm. If I say the wrong thing, they will say, uh-uh, Ken, you want some bullshit. What are you talking about? And that's deep. I, I, um, I don't want to spend too much on that, but... You know, we talk a lot about how, like, how y'all want men to love you when they don't even like you. I'll prefer that my companion be my friend before he tries to tell me anything else. Because when you look at how even men treat their friends, they don't even treat the women that they quote unquote love like their friends. You know, like when even us women are, or when men go to their guy friend's house they don't expect them to cook and clean and do all the stuff for them and they have a good time and they have so much things in common and so then when you see the contrast of of how they want to like slave out women and they don't they see them as objects and how they treat them that's why i think it's so deep to me y'all this is crazy i probably could just spend time if I were to do a YouTube video, I probably would just give my thoughts on what he's going through. Not that I'm like the biggest intellect, but just so you could hear my growth and how there's so much synastry and all the things that I've been synchronicity and all the things that I've been um, learning over the years. When he says, you know, I, I'm going to say this, what I've been asking, right? And that's part of the reason I'm getting these type of downloads. It's like, what makes the good guys different from the bad guys, right? And one of them has to definitely be empathy. So not just empathy, but it's somebody who views themselves as your friend. Right? And even when you say, I'm so careful about this too, and I'm impressed to say it, so I'll say it here. But it's like, there's going to be people who call themselves your friend, but... You, we're also learning, like even with the whole Shanquilla Robinson, not everybody who says they're your friend is your friend. Not everybody who says they're a good guy is a good guy. Like this is all Age of Aquarius and especially the energy we've been going through um, after the double eclipses, 2023. A lot of expo expo exposure, a lot of peeling back the layers, a lot of illumination so you can see what really is. It's it's blowing my mind on how many scales and levels it's happening. But yeah, so, you know, when you think about the contrast, I hope you're hearing the contrast between when Dennis was talking and how a lot of the majority of men t speak. And one of the things that makes this guy different and what he's saying here now, because again, I'm, I may not agree with everything that he says. 
I'm just going to, I've had to learn that about myself. But for the moment in time that we're in and from what I'm hearing, um, two things come to mind. He's able to empathize. And when you have empathy, then you have a, a friendship of, of sorts, right? So then let me just finish playing this. Women are my friends. I don't need to pander them. If I say the wrong thing, they will say, uh-uh, Ken, you want some bullshit. What are you talking about, bro? Do you know why I can correct a homegirl? That's trust. Because I don't put my flaws on the table, Dennis. And I ain't coming here like I'm super nigga, Dennis. And I and, and I did the most blasphemous thing that a man could do. I look at a woman's humanity. I'm a pander over that? Because I don't have a production of a woman? Because a woman could take her wig off around me, Dennis? You threw that 20 million baby deletions out there like... That's so messed up to frame that argument like that. But you the good black man though. <clears throat> but we can hear your language through this whole video, Dennis. You don't sound like a good man at all. What's different between you and me? I'm the pookie. Hmm. <laughs> you the professional man. You don't have professional language. Hmm. High value man though, right? High value man, you can't handle humanity. You can't handle compassion. Hmm. Gotcha. That is deep, y'all. This is freaking deep. I love this space, though. You know, like I said, some people say I hate it here. I love it here. So this is my Saturday. This is my Sabbath. This is my day of rest. But at the same time, yo, I'm going to stay in this energy. Um, I am not coming back on here for the rest of today. <laughs> Whatever I have to say is just going to have to percolate and marinate <laughs> within me. Um, I, I, I just really need to kind of like calm my mind a little bit. Um, I, at this point, I have drank my matcha tea. And I do want to um, do some of my Shigon meditation stuff. Um, and I still have some of my music I want to listen to a little bit before I come back. Um, but because it is my quote-unquote day of rest, I'm going to continue to listen to the rest of this. I'm at the two-hour and 33-minute mark. This is a five-minute video. And then I also want to, um, I saw another, now that I've, subs I've I went ahead and subscribed to him. I want to listen to this one. Um, it's called The Feminine Mystique, The Biggest Elephant in the Room. So I want to hear that from his perspective. And you better bet your bottom dollar I'm going to come back and kind of get my... Um, raw reaction to it um and at that point i think i'm gonna have a little bit more uh i'm gonna be kind of referring to some of the things he talks about here so not only um do you get a chance to listen to my stuff but i'm encouraging you to go and listen to this podcast that i mean to this youtube video that he has that's titled um the pookie spectrum versus dennis sperling and good black men the way that he's flowing through the content is 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 good and so just i say it in the next segment too but i feel like um 
this space that we're in, it's like we're moving away from like the sexual relationships to like how do we heal the relationships between the men and the women and the XYs and um and this is not even so much about like who can get in between my sheets as much as like can we can we have a meeting of the minds um i i you're going to hear it in the in the podcast from yesterday or from before this and when, and later on women do set the standard women set the standard and when i when you hear me lay out why it's so important to how your t- temple is positioned and what's te- who you're letting in uh you have to call them to a higher standard and so right now a lot of us women in the black community are kind of like on a level playing field like all our temples are on ground zero zero elevation and we're just letting any and anybody walk all up and through our temples like no guards no um, regimens no standards and so we're saying like hey make your temple a little bit higher make them build muscle to get up to there send them back down the hill to course correct a little bit and those who are the real xys are gonna see you at the top right the real xys are gonna build the muscle by going up that mountain several times and getting it right and um developing the discipline and and thinking things through before they come to you correct right um but until we do that we're gonna have a lot of low mass low muscle mass pookie and rayways out here and my temple at this point is a good 30 minutes up, 12, 12% incline, um, right? I've been talking about, uh, I do need to do a podcast about the health. Um, if you want to, uh, 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 something gentle, you want to do, I have to go back and I think it's a 12% inclination for 30 minutes or is it 3% inclination, inclination at three, 3 miles per hour, I think it is. It's 12, 330. Ah, I hate that. Twelve, three, thirty, walk. Let me let me do it right now. It's called the hot girl walk. I know, I know. Yeah, so it's a viral trend known as the twelve, three, thirty workout, um, where you set your treadmill on an incline of twelve, a speed of three miles per hour, and then walk for thirty minutes. If you look at the hot girl videos on that one, or like the hot girl walk, you can see the how that transforms their body but i'm pretty sure even for men it helps you build more calf muscle more upper body muscle lose the belly fat blah 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 but again discipline muscle um you know that it, so my i'm saying that my temple is going to be 30 minutes at a 30 minute 12 12 inclination above all the rest of the divine feminines that are out here and if you want to meet me at the top then that's where you can meet me and but i talk about how every time you go up there you're going to be stronger right and i'm i'm calling you to a higher degree and i'm calling more of us to have that and more of us to have you know those metal detectors and those standards boundaries and expectations because right now everybody and anybody's just walking all up and through and i will talk more about it in this language like how do we push past just you know somebody who's in a suit or who's saying the same things and 
test them before they can actually come into your courtyard and come into your temple and and get into your mind space so all right y'all i'll talk to you later bye y'all act as though a lot of women didn't get abortion for the man yo i ain't ready i ain't ready for this i wasn't ready for this and when you hear the rest of my commentary i've already recorded it but i wanted to give you a little preface pretext to what it is that I'm talking about that discomfort you know I'm I and what you're about to hear I talk about what it means for you to even get into my temple to get into my courtyard to even sit before me and everything sounds so good and you've done the inner work and then you say this right and even as I'm recording this obviously after what you're about to hear I don't have the answers it's something that I'll have to work through you know but I, the reason I wanted to play this is because I'm going to stop it um, at a point that I think is going to help you understand why this conversation is so important. And, and you can even hear the beauty because when I stopped recording, I was like, oh, and then I recorded. I mean, I, when I stopped listening to what he was saying and I started recording, uploaded and then finished listening to what he was saying and it's like that aha moment like okay I this is right you stay in the courthouse you know it's it's gonna be that little moment where I'm like snapping my fingers like clap clap and my you know my security guards come in whisk them away or that type of thing and we're like don't come back here for a good while you know but um I want you to hear this and then I think that what you're about to hear and, and me talking through the courtyard, courthouse, like temple experience, what it means for you and me, what what um, I was hearing and what I heard. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Why y'all why y'all front like that? Y'all talk a lot of shit about these women, right? For a woman to abort a child. Right? Because of pressure for from a guy. Y'all don't know what it's like to have a life inside of y'all. Do y'all know what happens in that room? <laughs> y'all talk a lot of shit, yo. I personally had women go to Planned Parenthood for me. That was for me. The same chicks y'all talking about. These same women that y'all dragging, I pers per personally have had situations where they went through something traumatizing, not for them, for me. And it's kind of like bringing tears to my eyes. And it's going to make so much more sense when you hear my commentary, because this is where it starts to get uncomfortable, right? But the Scorpionic side of me, Scorpio is ruled by Pluto. Pluto has to do with death, reformation, and rebirth. And the Scorpionic side of me, when you hear how this ends, it's like, yeah, you can stay at this temple. You're welcome here, at least for that thought process. Because when you hear the, the Phoenix element of it, you know, Scorpio has to do like with the Phoenix rising. And from the ashes, you rise and come back stronger. Th those are some real demons you got to deal with. 
where not only I think as a woman where you're the one that's going through that, but also for a man to not only see that, because how many men have been in the room and still didn't give a F, right? Still don't care. Do some of the things that he said in terms of even paying for those, for the abortions, right? And not even empathize, right? But you can hear his ability to empathize and to step in their shoes and to feel what it it felt like, right? I can, that I can honor, right? And I think some of us as women, we try to figure out like what, when we, for you to have standards, boundaries, and expectations, you know, I think that part of the tragedy is like, how do you, and I'm not saying I have to determine for myself, you know, and I think for everybody, how long can they get into the temple? You know, understanding that temple is not even a physical place, like the way I talk about it, but even the temples of your mind, like who do you allow to talk to you and get into your mind and, and be in your, in your headspace, your workspace. But, you know, at a minimum, what I'm trying to say is this guy is giving you an example for you to have higher standards and expectations because part of the the problem that a lot of us can't have standards, boundaries, and expectations is because we don't have um, a range of what good looks like, right? Or what divine masculine looks like. So for a lot of us, like, you don't have a context of knowing that, um, um, I'm going to say X, Y, you know, not to be disrespectful, that's just the, the space I'm in, then the X, Y is capable of starting to empathize and to feel the way that he does and to talk the way that he does, because that's not something that most men, that's not the way that they talk. As a matter of fact, he had just finished playing Dennis Sperling, right? Man, if I, this, when I tell you, like, analyzing, he's analyzing Dennis, but I'm analyzing him, analyzing Dennis, let me, let me, let me kind of hone it in, because, because this is, oh my God, and I have to remind myself that, uh, um, I already, I already have something that you're going to hear, so you're kind of hearing the beginning, and this is the tail end, but I put it up at the front, but I think it's going to be, work out so beautifully, because you're going to get to hear what he's responding to and you're gonna hear you know for you to have standards boundaries and expectations a lot of us are used to the dennis spurlings of the world and they'll try to tell you that they're the good guy but you don't have that range to understand what a true divine masculine is and you can hear the contrast between what dennis is saying or the majority or the collective are saying and somebody who's vying for that um, position of leadership in men's minds and to be the leader of women too, that they want to submit to versus Ken's way of thinking, which is personal growth, personal development, diving into the depths and going down into the ashes, that rebirth, that transformation, the um, elevation coming back stronger, right? I'm going to go back. Um, and so you, I'm going to play where you can hear Dennis and then now you've have an understanding of what it is that we're going to be hearing about and what caused me discomfort. But I want you to hear the growth. And so then now when you hear what that is, 
I want to bet my bottom dollar that you just moved your standards, boundaries, and expectations way higher. You probably didn't know where that goalpost was supposed to be, but now you have a better idea, right, of what it sounds like. And again, what I'm saying is I'm not, I've learned that like, oh, I'm like, I'm so enthralled with what he's saying. And because of my personality, I'm just being cautious because I'm pretty sure like maybe in three months I'll hear something I don't like. And then I'll be like, F it, I'm no longer following this person. So I'm going to allow myself knowing myself. So I say that to say, am I going to agree with everything he says moving forward? Probably not. But let's just use this for illustrative purposes. And obviously you're going to make your own decision, right? It's like your admission to your temple is going to be different than mine, as it should be. And one thing I think that both I and Ken can agree on is that we don't want you to stay in our temples of personal development any more than you have to. And I think that that's one of the interesting things about when you talk about um, the church and how it's going to collapse, because a lot of the times churches not only want you to go there and they take leadership and, and your locus of control um, and your sense of autonomy away from you. They want you to stay there. It's like this, you know, as I say this, my parents went to church uh, this morning. And, you know, they haven't seen their family and friends for from there for a long time. So, but it's like this recurring cycle where it's like you have to go back continually. But, and so, um, but as any, you know, when we talk about like the eagle, the eagle gives birth to something it nourishes it it feeds it and then after a while it's like okay baby bird you have to um learn how to fly i'm gonna push you out this um cause some discomfort and you know enough for you to so that you can test your own wings and so sometimes that discomfort is conversations like what he's talking about talking about uh, abortions very uncomfortable, very much thorns in my nest. I was comfortable. I was happy. It was Saturday morning. What are you doing, Ken? Ken, what are you doing? Why you got these thorns in my nest, yo? But it's forcing me to get my own wings and to, you know, there'll be a little support. I'm pretty sure as he's like, quote unquote, landing the plane, it's like, come under, swoop me up, get me to where I need to be again, get me to the next level. But the whole goal and intention is for you. I don't, I don't need squatters in my temple. I don't need all, all of y'all at one given time trying to stay in my temple. No, you better trust and believe that I'm going to have my days of rest, that I'm going to have, you know, you, you can probably have like in the resort where you can stay in a little bit of like, like little hotel type stuff, like those Tahiti huts or whatever, for a little bit of time until you get what you need, but you better go about your merry way and go build your own temple, right? And even, um, it's so cool because I started thinking about the training that we had for the insurance company where you go from one stream of income to several streams of income. So now you go make your, not just your 401k, but your SEP IRA and your FIA, right? And now you put those things to work for you. So now not only are you going to go make your own temple, you have things to do. You have other people who are waiting for to go to your temples, right? That are planning to fly to your temples and drive to your temples and swim to your temples. And that will make sense later on in the, in the future of the podcast, right? And And for you to, 
you can always come back to me and visit and let me know how things went and I will visit yours. But I don't have any intention, I think, of, um, I think that your true, your true instructors moving forward, your true masters in terms of like, you know, when you're ready, the, the teacher will appear type of a thing. Um, what? the higher form of those masters are not going to want to keep you captive. They're going to want to set you free to where you can fly and do your own thing. Right. So, but anyways, let me go ahead and play this. And I think, I think you're going to agree. If you were blessed by it, feel free to leave me, you know, a little small offering, um, at my cash app, divine doll, um, XX with the dollar sign in front of it. I, I love that so much y'all. <laughs> But it's the Virgo side of me. And some people, you know, think of money, of like currency um, in a negative form. But I, I love it. It's the Virgo side of me, health and wealth. It is what it is. So let me play the contrast between what um, Dennis Berling is saying. Um, and then you're going to get to hear what um, Ken is saying. Um, I like Kenny. I like pet names a little bit, so I'll call him Kenny. I'm gonna call, and his cash app is Kenny Brace. If you were are blessed by what he is saying, also his cash app is hash that you know the tag um, the dollar sign Kenny K E N N Y B R I S. Shout outs to him too. So um, yeah, let's go ahead and and play this. Difference between your game and the GDs. What's the difference? The difference is y'all in corporate America, they in the street. What makes you more good than the dudes in the street that's throwing them signs? What's the difference? Y'all don't touch dope. Y'all do other shit though. Y'all have technology, Dennis. <laughs> Hold on. And you know what, real quick, I, I, I did go back a li like 10 seconds before he's going to play Dennis. But y'all, this is some deep, deep, deep stuff. Like, if you listen to this, you're going to understand why I love the way he's thinking so much. When I talk about I want stimulating intellectual conversations, this is it right here. You're going to take me to dinner? Let's talk about this ish right here. Educate me, okay? I freaking love this place. Like, you know how some people say I hate it here? No, I freaking, obviously you can hear it. I love it. This part that he was talking about, the 10 seconds before um, he goes into another um, segment of Dennis, he's breaking down the signs that they're throwing up. Like he, I, he calls them gang signs, but you, uh, for those of you who are kind of familiar with um, Kevin Samuel's passing, a lot of pictures and imagery came out and a lot of people, there's a photograph of Kevin Samuels with Hem Hawkhead, Dennis Burlings. Yep, I call them. Some people don't like to use ad hominems. Listen, when you pull my Oracle card, sometimes she might use the ad hominems. Sometimes she might not. I don't, I don't give a fuck. Okay, whatever. And so it's funny because we, we talk about how sometimes we have pieces of the puzzle, but we don't know what we're looking at until we see the picture. And so he does a phenomenal job of breaking down this is at the two hour and 27 minute mark. So you got to give it time. But he starts to break it down and you start to see what he's talking about. Um, 
we all saw the pictures of them standing in their suits you know um it, it's a really like kind of chintzy picture low quality picture lighting terrible i mean when i think about if i were to do a picture with me in my top five like for like the WNBA in terms of my divine goddesses and my top five divine feminines who i go to who are all team sent you know woman centric type of thing um yeah no it would be like top notch great quality picture great you know whatever so but anyways um and so he has a picture cropped to where you can see kevin samuels and dennis ham hockhead spurlings but um yeah i'm gonna keep saying that so but um they're all throwing up signs right and so he breaks down how it's tied to like the masons and um uh prince hall and um those fraternities and listen the way he's breaking it down i am here for it okay so <laughs> let, let let me play he's gonna play dennis right now in the part where you're gonna hear the contest about how his views are on women having abortions versus um kenny's version you know his how he experienced it and how the the, the contrast between the two xy's but now you're going to be able to decipher like what does a quote-unquote good guy sound like versus a uh just regular degler unevolved type of guy so let's go sell out huh turn this up okay i hear you mr girl so they don't mind selling out they're the biggest sellouts in the black community So what else you expect him to do? A leopard doesn't change his spots. Once a pookie, he's still a pookie. He ain't had that moment. <laughs> he's a hypocrite. Like the preachers. <laughs> they've been lying to black women about the Lord's word for 80, 90, 100 years, and they're getting paid for it. And as long as you keep lying to black women, you're going to make millions and millions of dollars. And it's funny, too, because um, if you don't get a chance, someone tell you just short synopsis. Um, Ken, he's refuting what, what Dennis is saying, that a lot of women follow Ken. Ken's followers are actually consist of majority men, and he gives you several opportunities to look at. He pulls up the stats, so he's not just pulling something out of thin air. And again, it's so interesting once you start to see the contrast between one XY and the other XY, understand this is part of my development too because i've been asking like divine source and putting it out in the ethers what makes this xy different than the other one how do i recognize this the the differences between the two and so here you have this person who he sounds like a pastor he sound he wants to be your leader and he's saying all of the right things but he's just pulling stuff out of thin air but ken is showing you like he pulls up the graph from his channel and it shows that the majority of his listeners are are males. Excuse me, are men. So, um, but Dennis is leading his audience to believe that it's all these women that are following Ken Billions. And then this is the part where he gets to talking about the things that he's trying to tell us women. Very interesting. Very interesting, right? Very interesting contrast between the two and how their, their MO, their modus operandi. 
how did they do things and as long as you keep lying to black women you're gonna make millions and millions of dollars these poogies and these panderers specifically the panderers they read a few books not necessarily that they truly understand them, but they read a few books. That's called a backhanded compliment, <laughs> Mrs. Sperling. Yeah, yeah, they read a few books, but they don't understand it. That's a that's a called a backhanded compliment. And they understand the problems in the black community. They going through relationship issues. True. They know they have communication issues, True. betrayal. Been through all that. The hypergamous nature of women. They understand that gangster thug life. They know that it can't be something. There's nothing positive about the fact that we've had 20 plus million of uh, baby deletions. So that was, and I'm sorry it took me that long to get there, but he, so he just started talking about the, he calls them baby deletions. So you hear how he's talking and I played a previous clip about how Dennis is vying for that to be the leader in most men, whereas Ken is calling for you to be more autonomous for the men. Not that I'm giving advice to men, but I just want you to hear the contrast. And even for us women, right? Like how we take more autonomy of our lives versus having a a male tell us what to do and who we submit to, per se. Um, and then I want you to hear what Ken has to say. And so I've reached, I think I should be able to play the rest of what Kenny has to say. All right, let's go. Why y'all act like y'all care about babies? First off, let me say, there have been some abortions that have saved my life. Why y'all, why y'all, why when y'all frame this abortion argument, how come y'all act as though a lot of women didn't get an abortion for the man? Yo, I ain't ready. I ain't ready for this. You know what I'm saying? Why y'all, why y'all front like that? Y'all talk a lot of shit about these women, right? For a woman to abort a child, right? Because of pressure for a, from a guy. Y'all don't know what it's like to have a life inside of y'all. Do y'all know what happens in that room? <laughs> y'all talk a lot of shit, yo. I personally had women go to Planned Parenthood for me. That was for me. These same chicks y'all talking about. These same women that y'all dragging. I pers per personally have had situations where they went through something traumatizing. Not for them. For me. But y'all frame the argument... Like, a lot of women didn't go through with a pregnancy just because. They're just ruining black life. No. There's dudes giving them abortion money, Dennis. And y'all don't even know what to do with the babies that y'all have now. What would y'all do with 20 extra million? Remember, you're talking about the Pookies and Ray Rays. So, if there were 20 extra, 20 million extra people, Dennis, where mm. would they be? At the top of the pyramid mm. or at the bottom of that pyramid? Mm. I'm a simp and I'm a pander because I can empathize with a woman. Mm. They are human, 
Dennis? Mm. Human, yo. We go to school with them. We ride the bus, Dennis. Dennis, I grew up in hip hop culture. We listen to albums together. Y'all are about division. So, and I'm teary-eyed. Um, I I didn't hear past this part. Um, I played, I think the last part that I heard, you know, before I come on here to record was um, how he said he's able to empathize with them and being a woman. And I will say this, and sometimes I have little vulnerable, for as much as I talk about myself, I really don't, but I have little tidbits to connect with my audience. And if you, if you hear it, you hear it. Um, but it's, it'll be very far and few between, but this is the first time I'm saying this. So, but I, I even empathize, I think obviously as a woman, but I remember my last relationship, there was a part, a time where I thought I was pregnant and it really is, a. Uh, I don't think men really understand, you know, um, what it does really mean for you to come to that realization that you may be carrying life within you. And I think because of the way that I thought, I remember feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready. <laughs> and then my my esoteric behind started to do the calculation and I started to figure out like, oh my God, I'm going to have a Gemini. I don't even like Geminis. And going through the whole process of like, but you know what? That's my baby. This is the love child I always wanted. I'm gonna, I'm gonna love the heck out of this Gemini baby. I don't care. And I remember kind of like having to reel it in real quick too, because it's kind of like, you know, this is why it's so important when you conceive, you have to pay attention to the energy that it's with, because I do believe that the child becomes aware. There's an awareness of the soul. And everything, every thought, every the whatever I'm feeling is going to carry over to the child. So immediately I was like, I don't want the child to feel that they weren't wanted. I mean, can you imagine moments upon inception of like, I don't want it and it could be a problem and what ifs and all this stuff that go on. And but I, I, I was like, no, I'm going to send my baby loving thoughts. I'm going to make sure how I move around the house like making sure what I'm eating throughout the day and stuff and I ended up it was just a I was just late you know um couple days several days late but for those days that was my baby and I was gonna make sure that it knew that it was loved even though it's like for those first couple hours like ah shit I'm not ready like oh what what's going on counting nine months back and I'm like the baby's gonna be Gemini, y'all already know. But, and so just depending on for how for much further are you go to term, I don't think men really realize everything that goes with it. And um, I don't think women, we allow ourselves that much opportunity to really, I think, celebrate that side of ourselves too. I think sometimes we're, we've allowed ourselves to become so... Um, like even rough with ourselves, right? But even in a lot of, you know, I don't have any children, but it just further evoked that 
um, maternal side of myself. And that's why when I talk about like my unborn babies too, it's kind of like I fight so hard for them even more than before that. Before that, I knew what I wanted for them, what I wanted out of a father for them. Um, but with even that being said too, I do honestly believe that, that, that if it was supposed to carry to full term or whatever, you know, um, sometimes like the, I kind of low key feel like it just kind of knew like, Oh yeah, you're right. I'm not ready to come into this form as a Gemini. Like I'm not with the shits. You're not ready. I'm not ready. But just that moment in time, you know, that that's still maybe in a spiritual world still still my baby and I still love the, the, the heck out of that little baby Gemini and of all people you know um that that's where that you know but listen your girl see on her birth control she mm-mm. from when I first boyfriend I'm like I'm not gonna bring in anybody here on planned and and it was one of those things too where um it's kind of funny, but this is not what that's about. One day, you know, maybe in like 20 years from now, I'll, I'll share the behind the scenes stories be- behind that. Because like I said, I, I was taking my stuff, but okay, I will say this. The one day, kid you not. And so I've probably forgotten to take mine over the, for my whole grown age, maybe like if I say three times. But it wouldn't have mattered anyways, because I wasn't, you know... I was kind of like on my own, but I feel like with that one, it was so funny because I, I didn't take it. And that one day, and so he had come over and stuff. He's like, you didn't take it. And I'm like, well, I just blew random. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I always take it. But it's like, even he knew type of a thing. And um, it was it was freaking weird. And so the next morning when I went to go take it, um, not only did I feel a change in my body, like almost immediately, but when the next day when I when I went to take it, that's why it took several hours and a couple of days for me to kind of realize what had happened. And so I was like, oh, shoot, he was right. I didn't. And that's why I feel like different. And I feel like um, this might be like almost too much TMI, but and um and so that realization, like, ah, oh, crap. And so then even though I took it in the morning and then um, obviously started to be late and then it was kind of like, ah, oh, I probably shouldn't still be taking this because then if I am, ah, oh, like, there's just that little small window of opportunity or whatever. And it's like, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was so interesting how, you can be so in tune with somebody and they know, like, I he, I don't know how he knew, but it, it was just like that one day for his, my whole growing age, maybe three times out of my whole lifetime, I've forgotten to take it because I'm very consistent. But, and so then for that whole everything, to, but anyways, kind of a little bit of TMI, but anyways, I don't think that, um, I think even for women, sometimes I feel like we do suppress our maternal instincts and we don't allow ourselves to kind of delve into and I will say this like since we're in TMIT too I've mentioned this before but my mom I she's low-key NPD and I talked about my experience of when um I found out and it's interesting because even 
though she's here for it's like not even 30 days they're leaving in 13 days so they've only been here for a couple weeks but having her back in my space I'm reminded of all the wounds a little bit and um so but with that being said I still love my mom it's it's just a dynamic um and I talk about it I did write a book um about it and if you bought I know somebody for sure bought it Bruno (laughs) oh but um it really does impact if you have a and and there was uh I think Princella was saying like only a small demographic of women are NPD um so I I get it but at the same time I heard from another woman and when she was describing it it's like she was in the same space as me and I was like oh my gosh she's been spying on me like how does she know this but when you're a lot of people think they have daddy issues but it could be mother issues too because if and again it could be rare it could be more rare than what I think and when we talk about certain frequencies attracting each other there's a reason I I I gravitated to that woman's um channel and it changed it it really changed my life because I understood what I was dealing with and that's something that she and I share in common but I will tell you that that attachment style does affect who I'm capable of loving because a lot of you talk uh, um, have heard about how I'm supposed to be my parents good karma right whether this lifetime or next lifetime um, I love my parents very much even though <laughs> um, with, when you're dealing with NPD like sometimes it's a little bit of like narc in there and so She's not the most like, quote unquote, maternal loving person, but she's loving in the sense of like, um, she's maternal in the sense that she's very protective and very much provider and definitely sets the standard to make sure that when I talk about like, there's things my mom would never allow us to go through. And I think that even my dad is a better person too, because if my dad was on his own, we'd be in squalor straight up 100% facts we'd be in squalor but there's scenarios where my mom is like no we have to have this for the kids we need to you know so but she wasn't like the most like loving person or the most like encouraging person and now that we're older it's just kind of like she just thinks about herself and not really like the lovey-dovey side of stuff um and so it if you're the child of a narc, whether it's like mother or father, it creates a bond where you want to be the best version of yourself, as we all should, right? We should all want to be the best version of ourselves. But it makes you feel like if I do things better, then I will, my parents will love me and they'll probably, you know, demonstrate the love differently. And so. That's kind of what happened with the relationships I was in too, right? So obviously there are people that I admire, but it's kind of like if I'm a really, really good girl, maybe they'll love me more. Maybe they'll appreciate me more. So then that becomes complicated because I'm saying like, if I'm a good girl, then I will get to be a fiance. If I'm a good girl, then I will be a wife. If I'm a good girl, then we will have children together. And so it's like, it was never intended for them to set the parameter of whether I'm a good girl or a good person or a good human being. It was never for me to depend on 
other people who are going through their own demons, by God, I mean, who are going through their stuff in life. I talked about how I know for a fact, not just one, but both of my exes are going through their own stuff too, because one of them, his lifestyle had to have gone through some type of turbulence because I remember I talk about how he went from being a six-figure earner working for a company that's no longer here because of the pandemic, not just the pandemic, but the company as a whole wasn't able to um, transition over to the whole social media aspect and online the way that Amazon has transformed things. So for you to purchase the goods and service, the goods that that company provided, you had to go to an outlet store or a, a you know type of a thing and so that 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 company this multi billion dollar company is gone children and so when you talk about a six figure earner luxury cars luxury condo had his own boat growing his own business living it up to now having to scramble i'm pretty sure scorpionic side of himself his personality he's okay but going through that turbulence these people are fighting their own demons the same way that i am too and so who am i to relegate me being a good person on their decision predicated on their decision of me being worthy of those titles of wife girl you know wife mother of their children when they're going through their own stuff so it really does come down to inner personal development. It's not, and and this is why childhood studies are so important in understanding what your connection is. It all stems back to childhood because me being a good girl or being a good person or being lovable has n- nothing really to do with whether my mom is ever going to see me as a good person. I will say this too. The reason I'm saying this too is because. Uh, I asked my mom, I said, well, you know, all the stuff my family is going through right now, would you get married again? And she's like, I don't know, you know, but usually from when I've heard other women ask their mom, like if they'd get married, it's an immediate yes or no. So that was surprising. And I'm like, okay, well, would you have um, kids again? And she was like, no. And I'm like, what? And I thought it would be the other way around. Right. And she's like, no. And I was like, wow. But I, I, I'm thankful that I was mature enough to say, well, I could see that because, like I said, my mom was a principal. She had a lot going for herself before she got married and had, you know, uh, Father's Day, I was joking with my dad. I'm like, you know, she had four of your big headed kids. Right. And he didn't really like that a lot, but it's kind of like kind of sacrificed. My mom has like way more. um, She was the pretty girl growing up a lot of guys were pursuing her and um she even won like a queen pageant thing for her for her local area type of thing and came out in the newspaper and all this stuff deep contrast to where I am right (laughs) to to the type of person I am and and even how she raised me and again some of the narc stuff too a lot of people would tell her like oh your daughter should be a model and it was like she wouldn't let me but I'm like but mom you won queen so wouldn't you want me to like model but whatever listen virtual purple couch TMI I so need a therapist more so than I ever think I did before um just to kind of like talk stuff through 
um, but but I in some ways have to just heal my own wounds and inner work and flesh out all the details behind that but um, I say all that to say like a lot of our wounds stem back to childhood and so that people people pleaser component of you wanting to say like oh well if I'm a good enough person my mom will love me and then but it stems into relationships like if I'm a good enough person this this guy is gonna love me and then you get to the point where you realize like no I have to realize my worth and realize that I am lovable and that I do love myself and I do serve a purpose and I can't depend on like the initial childhood faces of my mother or father loving me and or and it's not that they don't love me you know like I said I just think you know you you just deal with different personalities and and so the way it stems over into relationships is if you're always want you're you're willing to deal with scenarios where like for me I like lovey-dovey stuff um and so if I feel like um I'm gonna try to say all the right things and do all the right things and be submissive and docile and fit and friendly and feminine and I'm going to use your ability to give me a title of wife over my head if I'm going to try to have that path with my mom the whole my whole life um and it's much healthier now because I understand what I'm dealing with um and so um I it's easy for me to stay in that loving relationship with my mom because that bond is there I'm supposed to love my mom right so when you switch it over to other relationships, I was willing to stay in those relationships longer than I should have because I knew what it was like to love in pain, right? To love even though it wasn't quote unquote reciprocated the way that I wanted or needed. This is so weird. This is going to be a long ass podcast. I might split it up into two for y'all sake because I don't know. I'll have to check and see if you guys are still listening to the whole two hours versus me breaking up, breaking it up hour by hour or half an hour by half an hour, but I think I'll make this one a separate one. I talk about how one of my friends, she, um, she was, she's the, she, is she the baby? I think she's the baby. Yeah. So she has an older sister and the older sister is in a highly domestic violent, um, relationship where the guy is very abusive with her and you know, the mom and the dad are like, why are you in this abusive relationship? Why don't you leave? Don't you know we love you? You can come stay with us. Get the kids out of it. Well, the story leading up to that is that the mom, when she had the first daughter, um, the dad used to cheat on her. And so when the baby, um, when the dad would get home, the baby would be really excited to see the dad come home and it would piss the mom off. So she used to beat the child and the child would start to cry when the dad would come home. So the, the daughter would associate pain with the father coming home. Um, but at the same time, too, you love your mother. Who's going to tell you to stop loving your mother? How can the person who feeds you and loves you and puts a roof over your head and provides for you and sends you to school? How can that you love that person? Right. So how are you going to say that? This guy who beats me doesn't love me. If you used to beat me when and you say you love me and you're supposed to be the example of what love is, right? Do you get what I'm saying? Like that bond is there. So 
it makes it easier for her to be in a relationship where the guy is beating the dog shit out of her. And that person is saying, well, I still love you. And this is what love is. And what, I married you, didn't I? And we have children, didn't we? You know, so then therefore I love you. So it's like, well, under the pretext that the person who birthed me beat me and they still love me and we still heal that pain, you tolerate. You get what I'm saying? Like, so it, it that made me understand, even though like none of these guys ever beat me. I, Like I said, I, I have a level of fondness for, I thank God that like on, the last one he made me cry but he wasn't even trying to make me cry and it was one time because it's like when I tell you like they were never like mean-spirited it was a it was a back treacherous right treacherous and that's not forgivable but I'm saying like when you contrast it to like oh well she was getting beat and domestic violence like it was different. Like they weren't reciprocating it or like the most, uh, I wouldn't, they weren't mean, but it was kind of like, there were things I wanted out of the relationship and they weren't being truthful or front about it. So it, and, but I, a part of me knew that it wasn't what I wanted, but it made me, me striving to be, to get to that level made me stay much longer than I should have. But that was based on, well, if I'm striving to be a good person in the eyes of my mom, if I say and do the right things, then, you know, that love is going to, they will see it and then they will extend that, that title to me. So, and then I didn't realize it till after, but it makes so much sense. Like when I was, I remember sometimes I would, you know, I'm, that's TMI, I'm not going to go into that, but I feel like, yeah, I hope you get your understanding. So that was interesting. I'm going to figure out how to make this. You know what? It is what it is. I think um, this is obviously part two. I'm going to keep it as a part two. I would recommend that after you listen to this one, you listen to the one before this, before this podcast, the one right before this podcast. Um, But obviously, if you've listened to that podcast first, then this is going to make sense. Even though sometimes I will do that. Sometimes I will upload and then I'll I'll get a little bit more information and then then you really get to hear how the transformation of how you know my initial reaction and how I got there so that's just kind of giving you a little bit of insight on, on my style and how I do things but yeah I'm going to make this a part 2 and um it does stand on its own in a way because I wasn't really planning to talk about like any of the last stuff but um there's sinistry there so just a little bit of my virtual purple couch therapy <laughs> moments but but I even as I say because so, I've I've uploaded I've recorded podcasts before that will never hit the airwaves um and maybe even when I say never, maybe 10, 15 years from now, they will be in some type of archive where it'll be like Patreon style because they do serve a purpose and it's very raw and it peels back the layers. Um, but and then again, they're not the stories are not so much about me and what's going on with my life and behind the scenes as much as I want you to get the thought process. I want you to see the evolution. I want you to see the inner work, inner workings 
And it's weird, too, because sometimes, like, even me being able to share this part of it, that didn't happen illumination overnight. The the understanding of what was happening, like, I think with me even staying in a relationship where it kind of felt like I was trying to strive for love didn't come until after the relationship ended, right? So it's over a period of years. Matter of fact, just to kind of close it out in terms of the TMI aspect of things, y'all, May 17th was, would have been, um, I want to say, is it the four-year anniversary from when I met my ex? And, you know, one of the things I talk about, um, sometimes when you're typing in a text message or like a um, contact or something, here comes Google or, or here, you know, it will type in like your ex's name. Cause it, if you start to type in, like, uh, it will kind of pop and he, he has a unique name. So sometimes it will come up. It's like, just when you're trying to get over your ex, here comes, um, auto text to remind you of your ex's name or something. And so that's how it is with like Google memories. Like just when you thought you had getting over, it's like, ah, shit, I didn't delete those memories or I didn't delete that, those photos or whatever. And, um, so here comes Facebook and it's like, um, it was, it said two year memories, but I had already obviously uploaded it before. I think I waited like two years before I uploaded the photos and so it, it, that's why it's four years. It's been four years from when we, we met because it's been we dated for three and a half years. And then it's been two years from since um, we broke up. And um, so here comes Facebook like, oh, by the way, here here's pictures you uploaded. And I remember because that was the day that we met. I had gone to a car show um, and. Um, he was, he had told me like, call me when you get home. And I usually, I'm like, oh, whatever. And it was funny because one, I don't keep, keep people's numbers for one. And at the space I was in. And then for two, even if I had, I would have probably lost it and, or forgotten and gone about my life. But when I got home from the car show, cause I told him, I'm like, oh, I'm just getting ready to go to the car show. I had gotten dressed and stuff. And I took a lot of pictures at the car show. And then when I got home, I called him and we had such an amazing conversation. And so um, that that was I I pretty much know right down to the hour when we had met and started talking and stuff like that. And so um, Facebook, here comes Facebook. It's like, oh, by the way, here are some memories. And I'm like, I saw the pictures and I was like, fuck. It was today, May 17th, y'all. May 17th of 20... Was it 2017? Yeah, because we broke... Yeah, so 2017. Um, and, and my whole day was going fine until I saw that. And I'm like, ah, crap. Kind of funny thing. And then the funny thing, too, is even if you're kind of like into telepathic communication... Um, I heard one of the songs, um, I remember the first time I heard, not the first time, but I remember when I was on a date with one of my other, my, the second to last ex, and we were at this, like, restaurant, 
and it came on and I'm like oh my gosh I haven't heard this song in a long time and he started laughing at me and then I heard it again um and I, I was like hey you won't believe what song I heard what you know from because I, I remember it from when I used to go to the skating ring when I was in in school and then I heard it with him and so I heard that song when I was in a what do you call it in a store with my mom and I'm like ah oh, crap it's that synchronicity like telepathic stuff shit type of a thing and so it was around that same time with the other ex like both of their energies were just coming in um yeah it was kind of wild I don't think that he actually remembers the actual date I really honestly don't but um just the energy surrounding that date was there and it was just kind of like uh push through it um kind of a thing trust and believe i will not be reaching out to any of them be like oh hey remember to no mm -mm. even if i wanted to i've deleted and blocked well for sure one of them the other one we just kind of fell off i think i'm pretty sure i blocked my mo is to block so i'm pretty sure i blocked his stuff but the other one if he wanted to email me he could but you know and he did, but it was just, um, I didn't check that email after he emailed me for like about, if I say like maybe a year, a year and a half, because I didn't want to go through it. Like his email is still in my inbox, but it was so painful that I haven't been able to go back and like pull it up and delete it. Like that's how deep and core, like, you know, type of thing. I still remember all the words and everything because, um, I will say, like, the thought that was put into it, you can tell that he had evolved. And so it's like, how dare I, go, you know, depend on this person to validate me when they're going through stuff themselves? And I do believe that even when I talk about in in the podcast before this, you get to a point where it's not even about dating anymore. It's about... um I talk about how even before my previous podcast, I would talk about, oh, if I'm going to date, it has to be a fortress and a castle where I'm going to have like a drawbridge and a moat with alligators in there. And I'm going to have like people on, on the guard towers with like arrows and uh, artillery and flame flaming arrows and stuff like that, like in terms of the dating aspect. But now here I am I'm talking about temples and <clears throat> what the temple would look like and still have those protective barriers there but it's like allowing xyz in not even for the purpose of dating i don't ever think that i will ever get back into and who knows we, for those of you who have been with me for a while you know that in my natal chart i have the potential for companionship later on the, down the road but it's not even about letting someone into um for romantic or uh, intents and purposes, it's about dialogue and discord. And so I say that because I've said this before, I feel like both of my exes, if we had this understanding that people come into our lives to kind of heal and talk energetically temple wise and not courtship wise and castle and fortress and like dating and marriage wise if if i almost said his name like was supposed to come into my temple and we were supposed to talk and flesh out these demons you know when i talk about how he wrote i had written him 
from my divine feminine element in even in all the pain and for him to write back to me in in the divine masculine component of what he was going through right even and because hurt people hurt people he hurt me and he cheated on me i could see the divine masculine components of what he was saying and he it because i was talking to him as a you know imagine me in my temple right talking to him is like sweetheart this is you should you breach the major boundary you i let you in under these you know you climbed the mountain you met me at this level you went and when you listen to my last podcast it's going to make so much more sense right i talk about how i i have a thing for muscles but my temple would have to be on a mountain because when you climb that mountain several times you're going to build muscle there's no two ways around it so you're coming to me in the in the manifestation of having the muscles to talk with me and you're saying certain things you are showing me you know everything that comes with a a I hate to use the word king but like you know like the yacht the 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 house the um lifestyle right and then you talk with me and we gauge and then now you show your dagger and you cut me <laughs> and so it's kind of like him like oh my gosh why the hell did i even have this knife why did i even bring it in here why have i used it on other people before why did i inflict this pain when this is a place where i want to be you know um and what if we were supposed to have conversations about how did you get here but we took it to a a courtship relationship do you get what i'm saying like a lot of times you we have each other for a purpose like we were supposed to not everyone because i you know but not every i don't think every woman is supposed to entertain every man but for those that meet the standards to get in to be able to talk to you they have I know for a fact, and I've said this before with my, the the last two boyfriends, like they helped me in my spirituality, and I know for a fact I helped them in theirs. And I, knowing what I know now, it was never intended for us to be intimate with each other. Never. Could I still have grown out of that? Yes, but it was. They were supposed to come to my temple, and we were supposed to talk, and elevate each other's mind and go about our separate ways and that's what that email represented to me that represented represented like that's what that relationship was supposed to be about and that's where it ended and that's what should have happened but everything else that caused me the pain I allowed it type of a thing like that's why when you talk about standards boundaries and expectations it's like I had guards in place, but I didn't tell them to check for knives, you know, and I didn't have a metal detector and I didn't have a body scanner to be like, oh, this motherfucker has a, a dagger. Like, not nah, check it, check it. Bruh, why you got a dagger? Why are you trying to pass this? You know, this you you got cheating in your background, in your in your in your little knapsack there. Why are you trying to get to the to the goddess with this dagger there you're gonna have to leave that at the door my nigga like no (laughs) you know what i'm saying and at that point like we talk about i talk about how in the in the previous podcast before this how 
I want to encourage you to where you, you have different temples. It's going to make sense when you listen to the next to the last one. Different temples. And so, yeah, I have a I have a castle somewhere with a huge ass moat, with a drawbridge, with um, with crocodiles. And al- listen, I'm going to throw crocodiles and alligators in that bitch, right? In that moat, in that body of water around like emotions of that body of water around me that you have to show yourself as a knight in shine there's a there's a castle there but i also have a temple and i also have will have other temples where you can meet me at at this point this temple is multifunctional but at some point i might have temples where it's like one is for health one is for wealth one is for you know companionship and so on and so forth okay gotta go bye